are you the the rabbit that is being like worked on in the lab? Is that is that the vibe, or are you no, actually? No, the rabbits took over. Oh, I see that. I see that journey. My house, no. This is like lopsided. <laughs> I care about my fashion. Oh, I support you in your fashion journey, doll. You need to look. You need to look glamorous for upwards of three Uber drivers. It needs to be. It needs to be seen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of no genders, guys, gals and non-binary pals, welcome to Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere that you need to hear. So, let's get started. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaret burlesque comedian, radio presenter and all-round drag shambles, and today I'm joined in the virtual studios by international Edinburgh's most wanted drag shambles, like myself, it's Alice Rabbit. Hey Alice, how are you? Hello, Wayne. How are you today? I am. I'm. I'm. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling glorious. I'm feeling so happy because I am in front of an actual diva, a superstar, an icon on the rise. Alice, how are you doing? I'm all right. You know, I've had. I've not had any cigarettes today. I've not had any water, and I've not ate. So I feel thin. I feel uh, malnourished. And I also feel, uh, well, I mean, look at the skin. Would you oh, feel good? If gla you beauty, unclockable, glamour, sophistication. I <laughs> love everything about you and the things that you do with your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you. uh, so, Alice, um, I've known you for upwards of upwards of minutes. Um, we haven't met physically yet, I don't believe, but we did have a bit of a stumbling situation when, because I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a performer, um, and I have been performing at places like Edinburgh Fringe. And I, oh, yeah. and, um, can you remember the situation or the story behind our, um, our first meet, our meet cute? Uh, yeah, um, from what I recall, you were in the city of Edinburgh for the Fringe, you mm -hmm. were doing a show, I believe I was contacted at some point as well, but I was like, sorry, I'm not available, you know, I had a few Uber drivers to please that day, yeah. um, but there was another member of our scene who had been made a part of the show, she was under the understanding that it was for free, and then she decided to drop my last name as a way of getting payment. And although she is a niece of some sorts, no. Yes. No. Wasn't gonna happen. So so what happened? And um I'm sure like like um like I'm sure she's a beautiful human. Um, but uh, unfortunately with Edinburgh Fringe, um unfortunately paid gigs are few and far between, even as a seasoned professional performer. Um, they are um, few and far between so and I was on a financial journey and I was getting anyone who just wanted stage time for free um, at the time and then they threw your name out um, as like give me all the booking fees and I was like Linda I don't have that kind of money and I don't know who this yeah, human and so like I slid into your dms and just went just so you know I don't I'm not for or against this human. I think their hustle is great, but I just want you to know that they're dropping your name as like, do you know who I am? Kind of a moment. And then I did. Yeah. And then that was the moment I did research on you and went, 
oh, this is someone I need to be friends with. This is someone that I need to like spend a small amount of time and energy on because they are everything. So Alice. I'm about that life. Yeah. Yeah. I support you in your journey. Um, <laughs> so you, you're based in Edinburgh and you, I do you, I, when I think of Edinburgh and drag, your name is the first one that comes to mind. I'm, I, and I know that the drag scene is huge or is, is quite extensive in, in Scotland. Um, so when I think of Scotland, I think of you, I think of drag, I think of you. Um, what can you tell me about the Edinburgh drag scene or the Scottish drag scene compared to, cause I'm based in London. Is there a huge do you, or do you think there's a difference between Scottish drag and English drag? Question mark um i'll say this just because like i got my start in glasgow working mm -hmm. at doors for lady munter a show called menergy um but i've not really worked in glasgow for a long time so i'll only really speak for just my city i don't want to speak for the other cities no that's i will say that the scottish queens we will jump on anything for a fight so we're not going for it um i'll say that for edinburgh it's very punk mentality but your style of drag can be anything you want we're very much a go hard or go home basis yeah um even though it's for everyone it's really no um and then you know we're just living our lives uh there's not it's it's scotland's quite an oversaturated country for drag right now just because there's so many queens wanting to do drag so many kings wanting to do drag so many other people want to perform mm. uh but the venues are few and far between and the opportunity is few and far between well you we're talking about edinburgh and i can only think of the pink triangle so i can only think of like mm -hmm. three or four venues that are like well there you go right queer. <laughs> yeah well, exactly but then also i think um i i, I found this in london as well and maybe um I think some of these, like you say, um, Edinburgh's very punk rock. Maybe these um, younger performers or newer performers um, need to jump away from the queer safe spaces and find other spaces and make their own nights or clubs or events and make it that punk rock vibe. Because that's what happens in London is that there's established queer venues and they have so you're an established performer you're an established queen and you quite often will perform at established mm -hmm. queer venues but for younger performers like myself well, um, we will find a venue outside of the queer safe spaces and go let's make this night let's make this an event and then yeah. grow from there do you find that um, outside of COVID situation, do you find that um, Edinburgh does that kind of a vibe where the, you have your queer spaces, but also there's that punk rock vibe of like, let's go do this over here, let's go do this over here? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that we have a lot of go-getters in our city. Like, mm -hmm. even though we do have a very small gay scene, for say, uh, there's like metal spaces like Opium, there's uh, places uh, on the Cowgate, there's... Um, uh, uh, there's a show. In, there was a show in George Street, which mm -hmm. is quite posh. You know? So there, there definitely was people out there who were pretty much well build it and they will come. Yeah. Uh, much like for me, it was like when I go uh, my show. This the gay scene was a very different place at the time, mm -hmm. and I felt that it was about time that the freaks took over again. And I support that. I as a as a freak myself, um, both in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. I support that journey. Um, so, uh, you, okay, two questions. First question, when I, I thought 
your name. So Alice Rabbit, I thought Alice in Wonderland. And just before we started recording, you said, uh-uh, no. And there's so there's a, <laughs> so there is a story there, and I'm really interested to know that. But also you have a drag family as well. I would like yes. to ask two questions. First question, Alice Rabbit, who dis? Second question, drag family, what dat? Okay, so my name. Uh, when I first started going under like a drag name because like ever since I was like 15 I've been wearing makeup mm -hmm. I was very influenced by like the new romantics and like androgynous people and things like that I grew up wanting to be Pete Burns I didn't grow up wanting to be like a drag queen per se but I entered a competition I made it to the top two and I said to myself hmm we got something here so we gave ourselves a name the first name was called Candy Rabbit and I just thought that's so <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sorry. no it's okay it's okay it's okay <laughs> That's so bad. Um, uh, and then I thought Alice Rabbit was a better fit because there's obviously references there. A lot of people assume it's from the book Alice in Wonderland, which I mean partially, yeah. But the main inspiration is a video game I would play when I was younger called Bloody Roar. It's like a, a fighting game where they're like half human, half animal. Okay. Bestiality people are going to be so into this. <laughs> but... Um, there was a character in the game called Alice the Rabbit and it was always the character I played as so that's where I initially came up with the name and I knew that there was a lot of nuance with like Alice in Wonderland with it so I was yeah. like okay cool we'll go with that although over the years I've realized that people ask me questions about the book and I don't know nothing <laughs> so I'm just going to sit there and be like no it's this reference now I love that I fully love that, that is... <laughs> so you're like I have, I, I, I feel similar vibes with like my internal struggles with certain things, like certain contexts and stuff. And um, when you have your idea, your perception of a word or a phrase, and it's completely different to what someone else thinks, you're like, no, this is how I, like, I, I didn't, like, I see this word as this. So I, I get that. I love that. Um, but you, so Alice Rabbit from the video game, from the gore, from all the, from all that sort of vibe, you then decided to be a mother? Question mark. <laughs> I did. Sorry, I just noticed this camera. Should I turn this on the side? You oh. do. You do whatever you do, doll. It's fine. <laughs> I don't want to disrupt your show. <laughs> oh, you look. No, it's 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 shaped it shaped you beautifully, doll. You can you can keep fine, it on God, it. Right, sorry. Portrait, again? portrait landscapers. I, I'm glad that you weren't listening to me and you were just looking at yourself and just like <laughs> falling. You're genuinely just like, I would listen to Wayne, but also look at my I face. About the presentation. <laughs> Clean, concise presentation. I get it. I support it. Are uh, you shambles of a human? Um, no, it's fine, Doc. I mean, if you if you want to switch it around, you can, but I'm not going to stress about it. Um, so my question. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my question to you was, you're a drag mother. Tell me about that journey. Yeah, yeah. So I can tell you now, after being a drag mother for five years, that I don't know what the hell I was thinking. But um, when I initially took on the idea of drag children, so I have a biological cousin mm -hmm. who's one of my children. Her name is Roche. Mm -hmm. She introduced me to RuPaul's Drag Race. And she said, you have to watch this. You could do this. Go for it. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So I watched it. I went, I can do this. And mm -hmm. I went for it. So she felt as though because she got me in, 
we're attached for life. And I went, well, I'm not being your sister. Uh, and she said, mum then. I went, sound. Which is funny because she had always been the older cousin. She wanted everything. And boy, how the roles reversed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so she was like my first child. And then I had uh, another person who had been in my life for like 10 plus years. I was always kind of like a mum figure. I'm a Cancerian, so I, I probably care too much. Um, and just one by one, I've met like these people who I feel like I need to look after. Mm -hmm. So even like to me, it's not necessarily like, oh my God, we represent each other so hard as like a gang or nothing, but it's just more, these are people that I want to look after. They can come along this journey with me if they want to. And plus they're all pretty good performers. So it's a bonus. <laughs> they're all pretty good performers. I like that casual. Listen, a, a mother should never say that they're all amazing right away because people get full of themselves and they don't grow. I mean, that is tea. That is full tea. I think I, if I was to have drag children and I have had people both on Driving You Homo and like, in my daily life and on social media go, I wish you could paint me. You look glad, like you look great. You look glamorous. And I'm like, <laughs> no, like there's nothing about my look that says I can support you in your journey. Like I am, yeah, on, I am fully on my you, own you journey. Need to be on the wavelength. You need to be on the same wavelength. <laughs> exactly. Um, even like I started doing the makeup for a lot of my kids when they first started. And I realized very quickly that I have, I am very lucky for the face I have mm -hmm. because I can't change anyone else's. <laughs> um, <laughs> And you just let them go away and do their own thing. <laughs> so when so you are a drag mother, you're you have your little little clan, I guess, or your little tribe or your little group of beautiful humans, and you're trying to nurture and grow and um, educate them in the ways of being successful humans and successful drag um, humans and f performers and that. Uh, but if I was not that I'm asking, but if I was a part of your drag family, um, what would be the first kind of thing? What would be your first points to say, okay, Wayne, this is what you need to do drag. Here's how I can help you. What is, what do you, for a baby queen, what is the first thing you would do? Or baby performer? I think the first thing I usually, sorry, uh, the first thing I usually say, hey, like a new performer I meet or anyone who like wants to join like my crew, whether it's like, my drag children or just be a part of my show on a regular basis or things like that. Mm -hmm. I usually just say that looks and makeup can be learned and achieved. Talent can't be bought. You need to work on your stage. Like what you put on stage is what you need to care about. Cause you can learn to do hair. You can learn to do makeup. You can learn to dress nice. Mm -hmm. God knows we all have at some point and you will get there too one day, Wayne. Uh, but you know. <laughs> I will, wait, maybe one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just because I've I've seen a lot of people who have come up to me and they say they want me to be their drag mother and they are beautiful people, but then they go on the stage and it's crickets. And to me, I hear money not flowing. I don't hear numbers. And for a show, those things matter. Yeah. So I, I, I feel a similar vibe to you in that um, I take preference over the stage. You need to turn a party. That's not to discount those beauties that start as instagram like looking glamorous and being beautiful yeah, because and, and i'll say this manchester has it really well where it's like a lot of the girls that are really pretty they put them on the door yeah and they do flowering that's lovely yeah because even if they won't necessarily be able to perform they're beautiful they attract people mm -hmm. they can talk a little bit and be like oh come in uh you know like that really worked out like a good way of giving everyone a, a place yeah whereas 
here it's very more like they all want the stage and sometimes I don't think the stage is for everyone and I don't mean that in a in a condescending way I'm actually mm -hmm. trying to save some of them from feeling humiliated in some ways because I've seen some people go on that stage and they come off and they cry and you're kind of sat there like this is a lot of passion for mm. someone who isn't showing it yeah <laughs> well trust and believe i've been at those gigs where you're like wow that was you look beautiful but also there is nothing else and i i i you want more and you just you wish that when beautiful people i, I guess there's a little part of me that when a beautiful person fails i just go oh i'm happy now there's like i don't mean to be a but little like, bit a little bit just yeah. because i i do consider myself beautiful i think i'm pretty i'll say it yeah. um and i've met many other punk queens or alt queens and other performers and such sorry i'll say mm. queens a lot it's just what i'm used to yeah, yeah. Um, performers yeah, I, i'm yeah. so accustomed to a lot of punk performers looking at me and they're like oh well you you do that but you don't do this like the extreme yeah. stuff and things like that and i'm like usually i find they only say that because they're not capable mm. of being stunning and a freak uh where i can do both haha -ha. uh <laughs> but i definitely know what you mean it's it's but having those interactions with punk queens really set that in me where i've met many pretty people and it's mm. just that's it and not to say there's not a place for it but on the stage eh, unless you can Unless you can hold your own, I don't think so. Yeah, I think find find your vibe, find what it is that you, because drag is ever evolving, and I think with with shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, um, throwing us, catapulting us into the mainstream media, is yeah. that there is no one definition of what drag is, and you need to yeah. find what style or what element of drag. So I started in the stand up comedy scene, and it evolved into drag, um, but um that is only one facet of my drag mm -hmm. you maybe like you said your your start was that sort of punk rock vibe and then it's evolved into but it's always been connected to the stage whereas some people are beauty queens and makeup like mm -hmm. they're all about the look and that is fine too but you need to figure out what it is you're wanting to sell and market yeah, it to I that think, person. I think as well, like a lot of people walk on eggshells about saying things like this because no one wants to be like, oh, I'm the gate the gatekeeper of drag or anything. Because mm. no one is. But I think what causes a lot of these discussions or people uh, rating other people's drag in that way is mm. drag is for everyone mm -hmm. until you're in a situation where the opportunities are thin and everyone wants money. So <laughs> in turn, you're com you're competing with other people. Yeah. So as much as drags for everyone, if it's me or you, it's gonna be me. Well, yeah, I think, well, I think, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, and it will always be you, Alice, because I am a shambles of a human. And I think, but also I think that, um, I wasn't mean that, like... No, oh, no, no, you're being shady. <laughs> delete, delete. Um, no, but I think I think you need to find your market and I need, think, think you need to find your tribe. So there was... I was quite lucky. Um, I was quite blessed enough to be able to host the cabaret stage of a couple of music festivals uh, last year. And mm -hmm. it was in my sort of gender-bunding uh, punk drag. Like, before I started putting makeup on my face, it was just essentially dude in a wig um, and a dress and just being a messy, messy um, human. But um, I I said to the promoters, I was like, 
I mean, I've got the stage presence and stuff. And I said, oh, if you want some drag queens or drag performers who, like, do phenomenal beats, I can, like, throw some names your direction. And they went, no, 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 we don't need that. Like, we've got you, you're, you're phenomenal, you're great. So there is, I think you need to recognise, all of us, that it's not a race to one job. I think there are markets for everyone and you just need to find those yeah it's mostly just them discovering what works for them and i, and I like not i feel kind of bad now because i think i've just sat there and been like you can't do drag i'm not meaning that <laughs> no 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 of course i'm not yeah, meaning yeah. that no, i'm no, more no. just like if you're going to come into my lane and start competing with me for like yeah. pay and things like that then you need you. to go hard and go home yeah and if and if and if it's and if performing and things like that aren't for you then find pr then find um ways to make being a model work you know find like find your way around those things mm. there's a we've, there's a lot of people who aren't on drag race in the uk who have made a career of things like being pretty and scandalous you know and, and it's fine for them yeah they've never had to be talented on the stage yeah i mean there are some people in the uk who are quite talented um for being controversial <sighs> um so alice you are on stage occasionally mm -hmm. uh if I was to attend, I'm quite, I'm, I, know, I know you know this about me, but I'm quite booked and blessed. I have upwards of singular gig and I can't <laughs> attend, I can't attend your gigs. Um, but if I was to attend an Alice Rabbit gig, show, routine, way of living, what would I mm -hmm. expect to see? What would be on stage? Uh, well, I've stopped drinking since March, so I don't know how raspy my voice would be. <laughs> Uh, but usually it would be I come out, I shout at everyone with passion and love. Uh, <laughs> you can, for me anyway, you'll get singing, you can get a bit of stand up comedy, if we'll call it that. I don't really write anything, it's just off the cuff. Yeah. I professionally shout um, and, I'm, and I'm very good at directing people and telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's other people in my show, like Roche does the DJing, so you're always going to get good music. Mm -hmm. There's queens who do the shablams and the death drops and the stunts. There's queens who can give you beauty and ballad and movement. There's queens and kings who can just make everything sexy and not have to move an inch. You know, there's a bit of everything in our show. Oh, so wait, so you're saying that there's like a collective. I thought, I, I asked about you as an individual performer, but you've gone... Oh, sorry. No, but I, like, I, I no, I'm living for this. So you, you organise... So you've got your drag family, but well, also... I organise the show, but I, I tend to tailor it around the group, not just myself. Mm -hmm. I love that. So it'll be like, my main role is I'm the MC, and yeah. I'm going to keep everything going. Mm -hmm. um, Roche is my DJ, she always plays good music, and it's like, you know, it's the people know. <laughs> the people know. <laughs> um, and then my other children, I've got like dance queens, I've got a drag king, I've got a very artistic style drag queen. We also book AFAB performers, trans showgirls, mm. another drag king from the town, you know, it's, it's just fitting everything in. But I would just, I didn't really know how to describe it for like how I would advertise it to a person to come and see my show. I could just guarantee you that it's much like falling into the rabbit hole. It's mm. going into the unknown. You don't really know what you're going to get, but you're guaranteed a good time. That is, that is, that's perfect. That is your selling yeah. point right there, is you fall into the rabbit hole, you don't know what you're going to get, but it's going to be a good time. That is the rabbit hole. That is succinct, perfect. I love that. Um, and I oh love... <laughs> she She's branded herself, she's marketed well. Um, so does that mean 
you have is it the rabbit hole your show um is that for your drag family but then you also include other performers um who yeah. who maybe visit um edinburgh at some point in the future um and then you, you, know, you know what i mean like other very very successful drag <laughs> drag drag people um, you will not be luring me to say this on camera we will talk in private uh, <laughs> um, um but yeah so you have you you have open spots for for uh, yeah, other performers yeah. like there's definitely like so the rabbit hole was initially like a vanity project because mm. i felt like there wasn't really a space for me at the time when i first came into the drag scene so i was like I will build it and they will come. Mm -hmm. uh, and I I already had like a group of kids. So there's me and my children are the main roster. And then we tend to book like two, two to three people per week to join us. And yeah. then we also would throw parties once a month or twice a month and add like a cast of 12. Yeah. So even though it was like looking after your own most of the time, we still looked out for people in the entirety of Scotland or even in the UK if they caught my eye and I felt like they would put on a great show it'll mm -hmm. just be a case of like you bring something special come over come over yeah come and I, I love that and so like you said both when we're talking about you as an individual and you climbing to the top and you like clawing your way and if it's a competition or like if it's a situation where um it's you versus me it's always alice but then you've just not contradicted yourself but you've gone in that situation it's me versus you but you've also just said then that you do support and as a drag mother you support your family but yeah, also like, you're open and willing and like going i see you i see you i want to help you i want to help you so yeah like i wouldn't want to get confused that because i said what i said that it's like i'm just a very cutthroat person i yeah. can be if i have to be but when it comes down to, like, the show and the sense of community it brings, of mm. course I want to make sure that there's always a bit of variety for people and there's always an opportunity. Yeah. It's just what you do with the opportunity. Yeah. No, I fully agree. I support that 100%. Um, speaking of things that support uh, people, uh, Scotland and the LGBTQ community, I could be wrong... But the last time I checked, Scotland was the country in Europe that was the best country to be living in for LGBTQI plus representation and like um, inclusion into the, I guess, for lack of a better word, mainstream community. Do you mm -hmm. find, as someone who lives in the queer sphere, do you find that Scotland is welcoming and supportive and nurturing? Or are there moments where you, you get a little bit of blowback? Um, see, sometimes when I think when they talk about Scotland in that way, it's very uh, channeled toward tourism, I feel, because Scotland is a very touristic country, mm -hmm. and it's there's a lot of students that have come here as well. Um, I, 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 all I could really say is I'm from, like, a scheme in Muirhouse, which was, like, the head of heroin capital of Europe. <laughs> I grew up in that, and, like, not necessarily of that time. Cause I was, Wait, like, sorry, did you say, was that, is that Leith? No, 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 no. <laughs> so I'm from, I'm from I'm from your house, which is like a rough area in, in, in Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my outlook on how LGBT people are treated within Scotland will be a little bit different than maybe a poll from students and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm assuming it was just students, but... Um, for, for me, I would say most of the time there's not much trouble. Like I've I've in a, it's been a long time since I've walked in the street and been harassed or yeah. things like that. 
Are you there? Are you there, Sorry. Alice? We had a we had a frozen moment. You are Madonna. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was. Uh, what I was going to say is, I just have a different outlook. Most mm -hmm. people don't bother you in the streets in comparison to like other countries and cities I have been to. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say it's completely like dissolved of homophobia or things like that. There's, yeah. There is always like that one person who has something to say. But I think, I don't know, it's how you carry yourself. And, and a lot of people in Scotland are really good at just turning around and saying F off pretty much if yeah. there's a problem. Whereas I think a lot of other people want to be understood. I get that. I get that vibe. Um, and I've, I mean, I, the only times I've ever really been up to Edinburgh has been during the Fringe Festival. So it's kind of a different dynamic and it's a different feeling. Yeah. Um, as an Edinburgh local, as someone who lives there and Edinburgh Fringe takes over the city, there are mm -hmm. lots of people in the camp of get out, it's my city, or oh my goodness, you're amazing, come in. I, as a performer based in Edinburgh, I am sure you have a, a feeling on this. What do you feel about Edinburgh Fringe in terms of like the behemoth that brings all the people? Do you, are you for it? Are you against it? Are you somewhere in the middle? I would say I'm in the middle, only because I've worked with the Fringe. The Fringe have done great things for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I also like getting to meet new performers every year at the Fringe, because even though we do have local talent to lift up, there's always good to have something, as, as I said earlier, it's always good to bring something new and special into the space. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that irks me, per se, is the way like the media within the arts in our city talks about it, where it's like, it's a, it's a rarity that they ever talk about like the drag artists who are there all year round. It's a rarity that they talk about the comedians that are here all year round. It's a rarity that they talk about a lot of the people in the entertainment business that are here all year round. Yeah. Um, and then someone can just come here for 30 days, they get a, like a, a magazine spread and they're, you know, they're, they're the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so a few times there has been situations where I've seen someone come to the city, they've not really like worked our circuit and, but, you know, that's more of a me thing than an M thing. Yeah. They've worked at the circuit and I've never met them. And you just see them get like a lot of publications and praise. And I'm kind of just sat there like, it's very similar to how I feel about London in a way where it's like the people in my area are being overlooked and overshadowed by someone who's just came in here for 30 days. And like, I wouldn't say, not all the time they're that different. Yeah. No, I feel... It's not like, you know, I mean, it's not like, oh my God, she came up with something so new. It's, it's no. I feel I feel a similar vibe and it's it's one of those situations where um so like for example um me as a performer there is you you're friends with other performers and some people succeed and your friends succeed and do well and mm -hmm. you want to be and you are proud of them for succeeding but then at the same time you're maybe a little bit envious or jealous or frustrated that yeah, it's not... You obviously want that for yourself, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's a hard feeling. And so, like, I, as someone, I was I was born and raised in Adelaide in Australia, and Edinburgh Fringe and Adelaide Fringe are, like, sister festivals. And mm -hmm. so it's a similar vibe, and I'm, I assume it's similar to you in that, for me, going up, growing up as a performer in Adelaide, um, I was excited to see these new people but also I was frustrated that 
my representation or like my visibility wasn't yeah, being seen. It's just a turf thing. It's so childish, but it's yeah. such a turf thing. Yeah. Um, like I try not to be too resentful of someone having like a success because yeah. I believe in myself anyway. And and you can't hate on someone else's blessings either. You know exactly. What I mean? So, like it's it's just hard to get past it because I think like for me it's just the way the media does it like it's like say with things uh with drag race like mm-hmm. when drag race uk happened uh almost every gay publication gave a list of who they wanted and nearly every single name was either from london yeah or like mostly mostly london even the one scottish girl they could list was currently living in london <laughs> and for me it's like I don't know like if is there is there a bubble? Yeah. I think in? well I think it's going to be it's I, not to say sorry I'll, no, no, I'll no, no, finish no. Yeah, yeah. It's not to say that people in London or or people that come to the fringe are untalented or have no place. Mm-hmm. It, for me I just I resent the fact that you're overlooking so many great talented artists because they're not in a specific city. It's like America when they're like oh you haven't made it if you haven't went to Hollywood or New York. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Yeah, that's the same thing. That's just a system gatekeeping who can come in. Yeah, and I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I think what's going to be really exciting for um, for TV shows like Drag Race um, and the future um, future seasons of Drag Race UK is because Mm. of because of coronavirus and because of lockdown, um, there has been a rise in online shows, drag shows, and I have been able to see drag performers that I was not previously aware of because of yeah. these drag shows now i we're would... all bedroom queens now hon. exactly exactly i am scaredy cat look at me go <laughs> um but so like i like so i'll watch something like um uh why she black for example why she black is from birmingham phenomenal queen yep. phenomenal performer and i'll watch a show that she's done but because i'm watching her i've then watched um five or six other performers and gone oh i didn't know about insert uh, Dahlia Rivers or uh, Blanche, you know, I you learn about these people and you go, oh, I've then seen a roster of new people. And one would assume television shows like Drag Race will have their kind of, like a um, their marketing team or like the people who are finding the sure. performers. So I believe everyone's chosen for a reason, you know. Exactly. Like, and you, can't, you can't be upset at that. Yeah. And it's going to be, and... Uh, it's only been one, like for Drag Race, there's only been one season so far, and there's going to be more in the future, one would assume. And um, we can only assume they've had one Irish queen, so there's going to be, I'm, I'm just throwing the assumption out there that in the future iterations, there is going to be a Scottish queen, and I am excited for that as the descendant of a, my grandmother is Scottish, and if my um, the friends that I have curated that are from Scotland and my family mm-hmm. are any indication the Scottish queens that are that get onto television are going to be extra and I am for it. <laughs> I am for it. <laughs> um I would I would say so. Like the, what I love about being a Scottish and a Scottish queen the most is I think there's just something very inherent within Scottish people mm. to always challenge something. Yeah. It's just I don't like it's just what we it's what we do. Yeah. It's what we do. Um so to see a Scottish queen on Drag Race UK I think would be 
really good for the franchise, not only just our country being, rep- like, I know we're part of the UK, but, you know, like, Scottish drag being represented, it, I think it'd be really good for the franchise, because I think it's been a long time since the show has had people that are not scared to not be censored. Yeah. You know, a, lo- a lot of people go on the show and they censor themselves and they're really aware of how they come off, where I think a lot of Scottish drag artists um, are aware of how they come off. They don't necessarily care how you might take it. It's, mm. it's They stand firm in who they are. Yeah. But I think I think that's uh, so. Since uh, lockdown, we've had drag well, race. Certainly, make for good TV. I'll say that. Oh, I live. <laughs> well, I mean, so like drag race, um, drag race US, phenomenal, great. It's been going on for years and years and years. Drag race Canada is now a thing. Drag race Thailand was a thing, or is a thing. Uh, drag race Holland is a thing. Uh, drag race UK, mm-hmm. and I've watched. I know we were talking just before the show. You um are. Uh, need to get down and like get. Into I'm, drag I'm race. not up to speed. I needed a break from <laughs> yeah. Drag Race. I'm sorry, Paul, if you're watching us. I needed a break, girl. Yeah, too much. All, all like bam, 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 it bam, was, bam. It was just season after season after season, and I yeah. think for like, Drag Race fans, great. But for me, who is a, a drag performer, mm. I, I need like time to absorb everything. Yeah, and also focus on what I'm doing as well. I can't be watching a TV show for the whole lockdown. Exactly. So I, I, I'm, I'm having my break, and then I'll go back in and watch. I have seen clips of Canada. Yeah. And I have seen. Uh, I also I, I know of some of the girls who are on Holland as their friends. Yeah. So I, I definitely will be watching. Yeah, and I. So what I was going to say is, because the US, like you were saying about the some some drag performers, some drag queens that get onto the television show can be a little bit more reserved and be a little bit more cautious about their the way that they're being shown on Perceived. television. Yeah, which is fine. Like, I would probably attempt to do that, but because I'm a messy human, I know that I'll end up being like, I will get that edit where it's like, oh, they're a bit of a drama person. Um, mm, I, do, I do feel like a lot of people go into it with the idea of like, I'm going to be this, and then it's a whole different vibe when they get there. Yeah. And it, it, it can startle some people. Yeah, and so like I know that I would want to have that that journey, but I know realistically I would be a messy human. And I think that Canada started paved the way. UK, Canada, and Holland have really shown me anyway that for the Drag Race franchise is that getting back to that grassroots feeling and like the Drag Race Canada but girls, they just went, they just went, I don't care what these cameras pick up. I'm going to be me unapologetically. This is who I am. I'm a mess. I'm yeah. amazing. I'm fierce. Same with Drag Race UK. It's breathed a whole new life into the show mm. just because when you think about it, like people, I th- even for, like for me, there was a time where I was like, oh, what if Drag Race ever comes to the UK? I'd probably love to go on that. Mm-hmm. And then it just felt like as the seasons went on, I was like, oh, it's probably not coming. Yeah. So you just focus on yourself anyway. But when I tell you, there has been people in Canada, the UK and Holland who have been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. They don't care if you like them or not on camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they care about winning. Yeah. No, that's that's fully the tea, and I I will say I, I I don't want to be controversial because I am not that type of person. But also, I I've only watched one episode, and so my pref- my suggestion to you would be to watch Drag Race Holland because first before Drag Race Canada, I love both of them, but I think Holland is bringing something special something unique that we haven't seen yet not only because it's um 
in dual languages, um, bilingual, mm-hmm. but like there's something there. And you said yourself that you've worked with some of these performers. Can you, because it's a, it's almost like a different vibe from the UK version and the Canadian version. The Holland version has its own unique stamp. What, from, from an outsider's perspective of Dutch Queens, because I know you've done, um, is it Amsterdam Pride or Rotterdam Pride? No, I I I did a milkshake festival That's twice in a row, which I think is like an eighteen over like festival event within the Pride Week. Yeah, uh, I I don't fully like understand it, you know. Uh, and then there was on Pride Day we were on a boat. Mm-hmm. I know that. So, <laughs> so from from your from that knowledge, what would what would the vibe be? The vibe check for. Dutch queens from your perspective do you think or Dutch performers well from my perspective and I mean no disrespect yeah uh if it it ends up that way um I feel like a lot of people were welcoming and Mm. then there's also a group that are you're guilty before innocent so you kind of need to prove yourself to them you know there was a lot of people in a dressing room one year who were like who's she why does she have an assistant Mm -hmm, all that and then, I, and then I get off stage and then they realise what go, time oh, okay. yeah. So I think it's just one of those things where, they, like, they're very, like, you need to prove yourself. You yeah. need to prove yourself among the best. Um, but I'll say, like, as socially, they're lovely. They're a great time. Like, mm. uh, Madame Madness is the first bearded queen in the franchise. I met Madame Madness outside. Well, we met at a house party, then we went to a club. And I just remember getting really drunk and I just, with no context, slapped her in the face, right? And then she slapped me back in the face. And I just said to myself, I've made a friend. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was fab. I've, and, I've physically <laughs> I've physically assaulted someone for no apparent reason. They've done it back to me. Therefore, friendship made. That is so Scot- That is so quintessentially Scottish. That is like... It was, it was, I think it was just one of those things where we were drunk and like having like a little fun reading session. And I was yeah. just like, ah! And then she got me back. And I was like, <gasps> and I just fell in love with her when she did it. Yeah. Um, just because to me, I'm like, yes, yes. Um, I will say, who's also on the show is really cool as mm, well. I was, I was going to say about the the Drag Race Holland episode one. So, Madam Madness, the first bearded queen, um, when she walked at her w- entrance to the um, uh, workroom, and one of the other queens um, making a statement based on her look is very interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see how the edit on the show goes for those two queens and like the journey there i don't mind the spoiler would would, would we say that they were quite judgmental on one's appearance or one of these other performers was judgmental based on the appearance because of the beard the facial hair and they suggested that it was maybe a little bit lazy on their part because I they... mean, if you look at Miss Madness's pain, there's nothing lazy going that, on. That is literally what I thought when. So, like, I think and like doesn't, she doesn't just like put color on the beard; she like draws all around she, it and everything. Yeah, she puts like, like she paints her face. She she does it properly. Like, can I just can I just say by the way, when it comes to bearded queens, they need to stop putting all the focus on just the facial hair. Yes, they are like a bearded queen, hmm. but they're also like great at make like I've met so many bearded queens that can do hair amazingly. They make amazing costumes. They perform like it's no one's business. The paint mm. is like they are. So like the fact that someone can only just focus on the facial hair around all of that is and, you know, and that's meh. and that's and that's where I think some people fall into the category. Some 
younger performers or younger people, um, not always younger people, just some people in general, that they just fall into that category of going, I do this drag, therefore that is the only drag that I see. I'm only friends with those kinds of drag performers. Oh, you do this kind of drag? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Therefore, it's not valid. And then I go, but maybe open your eyes to these new people, these different styles of performing and go, mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. I maybe don't understand it a hundred percent, but I can see the, I can see the journey and I can see what you're doing and, you know, get it. Also, also I would say like anyone who's been in the game long enough will mm-hmm. learn that, as we said earlier, pretty is great, but what else? Is, yeah. there, is there anything else to that? And I, and I often feel like when you run into those girls who are like, well, you're not, you're not beautiful, you're not on the level. Mm. That might be saying a lot about their performance ability mm-hmm. because they're relying a lot on their look. Yeah. I won't say, I, if, I, if I'm if i honest, in terms of like the Drag Race Holland, I can't remember who threw out that tea um, in terms of Madame Madness, but it would be, I, I, I cannot wait for our conversation when you have watched episode one of Drag Race Holland for you to come back and like spill the tea back at me and just be like, oh, I can't. Um, <laughs> but um, so we're we're running out of time. I want to ask you uh, two, uh, two news articles that have sort of come across my desk recently. Um, and by desk, I mean the place where I attempt to put drag on my face. And uh, first one, Captain America from the movies and the franchise chris evans has had his nude leaked he uh there's a i guess a screen grab of um his genitalia online and uh the internet especially the gays have gone wild um because said attractive man has his nudes out there do you have thoughts and feelings about this situation yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. End of sentence. I'll say this. I haven't seen the picture. Mm. It, it doesn't really interest me. Like, listen, I am a gay man. I love seeing a penis as much as everyone else. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like there is countless websites to find that uh, with 20 minute long full length fantasies, babes. You don't need to see like a blurred or a shadow or nothing. Mm. Um, also, I think it's a huge double standard that if if this was to is if this was to happen to a female, mm-hmm. it would be uproar. It would be who did this to her? What like shame on them? All that, right? But when it when whenever men seem to be sexualized or um, violated, it's 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 open season. Yeah, and I, and I and I don't really like that. It's kind of similar to like the double standard of like since we're talking about gay men, uh, the double standard of like how gay men can be with straight people sometimes. Where it's like, <laughs> that's the best way to put this. <laughs> if a straight man was preying on a girl that wasn't interested, yeah, that would be a problem. So why is it not also a problem when gay men pred on straight men who aren't interested? Uh, I get, I get your, I get. So like, if I was at a bar well, I and like, I and I saw someone who was um uh who identified as straight, and I was like, ooh, I'm gonna sexually objectify I'm gonna you. you. I'm gonna like convert. Yeah, yeah, I get that vibe. Yeah, I, I think. Don't see the point in that. Just because, like, listen, I've done the groundwork. When I first came, it, like, <laughs> the scene, I've met many a man who were like, mm. I don't know if you're a boy or a girl. I'm like, hi, my name's John. <laughs> and, and, I am and, all of the things. Yeah, yeah. But you, those people, we've had disclosure, and mm. they've 
been open to it and they come back. And I've seen some people freak out, okay? Mm -hmm. So I just think it's a dangerous game to play that. Yeah. To with with straight men. So I don't like I, I didn't think that Chris picture was helpful to that. No, I because it, it perpetuates that behavior. I, I fully agree. And I think Chris Evans is a phenomenal human in general, based on like like previous like just life in general from what I've seen on social mm -hmm. media. And the first thing he did after it got leaked, he 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 tweeted on the Twitter ah, and he said, "Now that I have your attention, vote November 3rd. So he, like, he knew that there was this sort of. Uh, You're telling me it was a stunt. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hey maybe, but I, I I don't I think it was an accident, and I think it accidentally happened, and he went oh. Okay. I mean, I don't I'm know gonna... if celebrities have like full teams and stuff. Yeah, okay, but... I might need to retract my statement now because he might have brought this on himself. <laughs> no, I, okay. So what I what I will... <laughs> actually, you know what? It, he may well have brought it for a, a media stunt, but I I think the picture itself isn't. Uh, as someone who's seen the picture, because I am an investigative journalist and I had to uh -huh. see it for driving you home my purposes, not because I'm a thirsty oh. hoe. <laughs> was I so? Was this? It got to be glue. Got, got to be, got, oh, oh, spray. I am Promos. not being paid for that. Oh, I'm not being paid at all, babe, so I support that journey. <laughs> um, so um, he either did it as a stunt, but I think more than likely what happened was it got leaked accidentally, like he posted it accidentally. He recognised that this was going to become a big thing because people are thirsty, and he went, okay, now that I have this platform in media where people are talking about me and like googling and looking up my Twitter account and stuff, I will mm -hmm. I will go make sure to vote for your political preferences. Make sure, and I think that's kind of similar. To I don't know, like I, I don't I don't exactly see someone's like dick pic and go, oh my god, I need to stop Donald Trump today. <laughs> I mean. When I think dick, I don't think... Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think Donald Trump when I think, oh, massive dick. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I get that. What a lovely head. Let's vote for the Democrats. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, yeah, no, fully. Um, speaking of uh, genitalia, dicks in general, um, uh, I am drawn toward J.K. Rowling because she has been somewhat of a a little bit of a a little she's had moments she's had moments and her, she went full tough yeah. she has went full tough on the children and i i just i don't get it i don't understand she's doubling down as well so like people have tried to educate her people have tried to go what you're saying is not kind it's not nice and not generous I get, I can kind of, kind of understand from someone who's not a part of a community, not understanding that community, another community group. So for example, if, use the example, Sudanese, okay? If someone starts, to, starts talking about Sudanese culture, I'm not gonna 100% get it because I'm not Sudanese. I'm not a part of that culture. But as long as I educate myself and as long as I learn and someone teaches me or I, go online or I ask questions, then I'm going to go, oh, okay, cool. I get this this cultural group. She's not connected to, may, or maybe doesn't know many or any trans people or people connected to um, trans, what it means mm -hmm. to be trans. And so she might 
have those controversial moments. People like ourselves um, have reached out and gone, don't be terrible. And she's gone, no, 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 I'm going to continue being terrible. And here's for why. And then you just go, what are you doing? And so I know she's, I don't know if she's based in Edinburgh now, but I know she spent a lot of her um, time when she was writing the books that made her famous. Um, and her new book out is about a, a cross-dressing male serial killer, which I think is just adding mm. fuel to the fire. Um, yeah. But uh, do you have any thoughts, feelings, emotions? Because I do understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Just because I've experienced the same with like my, my relationship with my parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Rome wasn't built in the day. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And a lot of people might not be as nuanced as us. And I also feel those who have never been a minor, like, sure, she's like, sure, she's a, a woman. Mm-hmm. She's also a white woman. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a position of power and wealth. Yeah. So, Whenever a minority seems to be up on the rise, those who have never been like a minority in that in the same sense, they feel like it's a disruption to their status quo, mm-hmm. and they often lose in the, they often lose their shit when that yeah. happens. Yeah. So, I would like I can't really fully answer how the lady feels. Um, for me, it was just real. Like I didn't read the books, but for me, it's disappointing to see someone who created such an open and magical and free environment for us all to grow up watching mm-hmm. would be so close-minded to to something that she tried to put out and represent. Um, and also, I think the the book under the other name is probably well planned along with this Twitter scandal because I I firmly believe when you look at a scandal you need to look at who it serves and as and there is such a thing as outrage marketing so she's definitely I, I definitely think the statements have just been put out there she's probably had them for a long time she's went I, I want to sell this book they're probably going to find it anyway let's just get an uproar I'll make money off the people who are interested in buying it and I'll get free publicity to everyone who's outraged yeah it's it's you you've hit the nail on the head i think i think she's she might not even have these like she might not agree with the sentiments that she's posting she just likes the controversy and she she wants to sell books who knows sure. who knows and, and... Like, listen i'll say this as as a, as a scot <laughs> she's a had her scottish card revoked yeah. i'm doing it today on, ca- I'm saying it today on camera guys <laughs> yeah. she's getting a scottish card revoked if we ever see in the Balmoral, we'll throw the rats that we find in there at her, uh, and then we'll have a good day. Yeah, um, I support that. Uh, Alice, uh, unfortunately, it's the end of the show. <laughs> Sad face. Uh, upwards of three Uber drivers are devastated. Um, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram under AliceRabbitXOXO. I also have a YouTube channel, which is forward slash Alice Rabbit official. Uh, don't find me on Facebook. That's for friends only. Sorry. Uh, but I also have an Alice Rabbit page on there. You can like that. Um, I'm not on Twitter because it's unhealthy. And uh, for the right price, I will get an OnlyFans. Oh, 
only fans. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of no genders, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, as always, that was Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast, YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere that you need to hear. As always, you can follow Driving You Homo at Driving You Homo. You can like, favourite, rate, and subscribe. You can also follow Alice Rabbit at Alice Rabbit XOXO, and you can follow her pretty much wherever on social media. Just Google Alice Rabbit. You can find her booked and blessed across Scotland and the UK and Europe, believe it or not. Uh...